Hi, Jen Stones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. You probably don't remember me. I'm Nick, you know, <laughs> hollow chest cavity where a heart should reside. And I'm joined by the new head of microwave design, Julie. Hi. And we're also joined by the incomparable editor extraordinaire and Academy Awards watcher, Emma. Today we're diving into Corporate Crush, where Jack shoehorns his way into an unwilling love triangle, love obviously being in quotation marks, with Liz as they compete for Floyd's, knee flower guy, and heretofore Floydster, affection. Or as close to affection as Liz Lemon gets, because like Amorous displays, she's like, reverse, reverse, skip, skip, draw forward to that buddy. Not happening. In other plot lines, Tracy's inspired to star in a Norbit-esque historical epic based on Thomas Jefferson, his recently revealed ancestor, <laughs> which has got to be great. Jack meets an anthropomorphized avian Amarus and Phoebe at Christie's, <laughs> and Riptorn returns as Don Geis, demoting Jack, but I think okaying a romantic relationship with Walter Matthau, so that's fun and progressive. Let's dive in. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers. We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shark week. Hi, Jack. This is Floyd. It's a pleasure to meet you, sir. Wow, you're Floyd. The only other Floyd I ever knew was this Korean barber who used to cut my hair down on the 50th Street subway station. That's my dad. I'm Floyd Jr. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. Please. Sorry. I'm just nervous to meet the head of East Coast Television and Microwave Up and Programming. I just got the word from Geist. They're taking me off microwave. Oh, no. Really? Mr. Donaghy, with all due respect to Mr. Geist, I gotta say he's making a terrible mistake. This company's stability in the small appliance market is in large part your doing. The dedicated popcorn setting on your microwave was the imagination breakthrough of 1995. In 2002, you increased corporate earnings by 3% while the country suffered through a recession. And Attack of the Clones, which was seriously the worst of the Star Wars. One sec, Liz, one sec. And on a personal note, sir, in my mind, the Foo Fighters song, Best of You, is about your managerial skills. Lemon, I want to kiss your boyfriend on the mouth. Chapter 12. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it. What are you drinking? Club soda? Oh, that's a shame. Pete! Julie, what did you think about the episode overall? I do not know why I love Hollow Birdbone Lady so much, but I just do. I well, just... Emily Mortimer is amazing. I only know her from a really sad movie called Dear Frankie, and then from like Disney's The Kid. I've seen her in nothing else except this and those things, but I just love her. It's a great, yeah. really well-written part. I love it. <laughs> anyway, so this real fun episode um, was real fun, and I feel like it's like the one of the more eminently quotable episodes of 30 Rock. Like There's line after line that not only shows up later in the series, but I quote all the time and pass off as my own unique witticisms when really it's just like regurgitated lines from 30 Rock. Well, it opens up with Liz, like, gliding into 30 Rock, just gleaming in love and happiness, which I also hate those people. But um, I am the Frank in this situation going, oh, you've been together for a month, huh? Looks great. Glad you're happy. Including, I mean, imagine if that were me. It would make you very uncomfortable. Well, I mean, it would be uncharacteristic, but I think I'd be on board for whatever progression you're going. I'm with you for the long haul. We're going to co-home together. 
Not if I fell in love with Floyd and he's staying. I would totally jack attack that and be like, I'm part of this. <laughs> so it is. I do love how they always do these tropes, which is like the smitten woman comes in and she's literally walking on air. And Liz Lemon does that. And she's going back to these uh, flashbacks that are not at all romantic and very much just her viewing basic platonic relationships as the height of romance. I mean, seriously, when she's like, uh, on my butt, like who would say that to their boyfriend of three weeks? And he's putting like chocolate all over his face and she doesn't like lick it off or anything. It's not sexual in any way. But he gets her. A hundred candles to play Uno in bed. I mean, it's... Were you devastated when you learned out, and this may be the first time you're aware, that that is the wrong way to play Uno? In the rules, you can't sequence cards like that, which is bullshit. Sorry, I'm very incensed about this. This is my take of the day. Uno needs to revise its rule. If they're all green and you reverse, so it's your turn again, and you skip and it's your turn again, why couldn't you? It's the draw fours. You can't do draw four after draw four after draw four. According to Uno himself. If that's the only card you have left. No, it's like if you sequence them. So you have like three cards left that are draw four and you play them all. It used to be just like insult to injury. It's like, I'm going to shower with your cards and then I'm going to win. And I'm going to see you at recess. I'm going to put this all behind us. You're saying that's not allowed? According to the rules of Uno. Why I've dedicated a full minute to talking about this, no one will know. Because Emma's going to cut it out. So, this whole interaction was moving your bowels, but not moving you to tears. Correct. <laughs> I mean, I think the only real chemistry I think I ever feel from her and anybody is her and John Hamm. Well, I mean, everyone feels chemistry with John Hamm. It's <laughs> true. just like he part is of who is a walking testosterone. He's just everyone should be attracted to John Hamm. He's very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. And now that I've completely turned into Frank, I will reverse myself because he says he's happy for her. And relationships are hard, and he'll come over and film their lovemaking. Yeah, that's what I was do. like. And I was like, disgusting. "Are you going to be part of that? What the lovemaking? Well, the there is no lovemaking. It's skip, reverse, reverse." <laughs> Have they kissed? They kissed once. I think so. Yeah, I mean, Frank says, like, you know, you're happy because of that dude you're donking. Donking, you know, has a variety of different meanings. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the etymology, but it comes from the ancient Greek for playing cards in bed. I'm just saying, you're not whipping out the ice cream pajamas, your vaporizer, and your Vicks VapoRub in the first month. A hundred percent I am. I've also never been in a relationship that's lasted longer five months, so, like, maybe don't take my advice. (laughs) Well, except with women, but, like, those were a sham. (laughs) But remember Floyd and Liz Lemler? They were, like, making out in the elevator. They had chemistry. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't have chemistry with Anna Klumski? Maxim's (laughs) top 100 forever, all right? Really? I don't know. I just like her a lot. (laughs) She was my girl. That meant a lot to me. Well, back to the episode. We go, Jack goes into his office, and Don Geis is there, not looking great or sounding great. I thought Rip Torn seemed a little low energy. Yeah, I mean, he was 12 years away from death at that point. (laughs) Who isn't at this point? (laughs) And he says, I like those eyes sharp like a panther. What does that even mean? I don't know, but I was like, I would love a compliment like that. People just keep comparing me to Paul Dano, and it hurts. People just keep asking me if I'm tired, which you know is just code for you look terrible. You look like that, yeah. Are you tired? I'm like, are, why? It's just, 
You don't have to say anything, or you could just say, you don't look very good. You're not sleeping. Yeek. It's like, yeah, I know. I'm tired of your shit. Walk away. Walk away. The problem also is that I've gotten this weird tan, and it's not on my under eyelids or on my Adam's apple. So I have these weird white spots that just make me look even weirder. No. You don't see my white Adam's apple? No, we're at a Skype no. call. I can barely see your face. Uh, anyway, one of the oceans like that would be in St. Bart's. Where Don Geist took his grandkids to, uh, and he gets stung by a jellyfish and he can't sit down because he has a mark, a rash the size of a red, delicious apple. This is some interesting weird writing, yeah? Well, I mean, I think it's also a perfect escalation from your Adam's apple is now we're talking about the red, delicious apple. So the synergy of this conversation is just mind-blowing. I mean, I don't know. if you get, How else are you supposed to describe it? I don't know, but obviously he's in trouble because of his <laughs> he's a woman in trouble. <laughs> his fireworks nightmare that was a bad idea, and he really, really scared people. And they still believe in him. And then Don Geist gives the whole story about how his dad tried to. He was a really great garbage man. And you're like, oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> and if then you he try, them, you win. Yeah, and he was the best garbage man. And now he's gonna take away microwave programming from him. And you got it, babe. Now it's yours. <laughs> Amazing. My fucking intro. Do you not listen to me ever? Right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It's fine. And then Don Geist gets on his case for not being married, which, like, first of all, offense. Offense taken, sir. Um, And then chastises Bob's wife, saying she looks like Walter Matthau, who is a beautiful man in some respects. (laughs) On the inside. The mantis strip can see, like, Triple the colors that we can. In some reality, Walter Matthau is a hot stud. If you're looking for the yeah. chain of logic there, there isn't one. <laughs> well, now Don's off it. to talk to Tracy about the hilarious dog movie, Fat Bitch. <laughs> and then my favorite part of that actual scene is when Jack apologizes to the microwave picture. That makes me happy. <laughs> no, nothing made me happier than when Kenneth is just like, everyone knows that fat bitch died at the end. Just hearing him say fat bitch is just like, <laughs> it warms the cockles of my soul. Now, if you were to come over and I were to offer you grenadine or fried rice, would you t- say, take me up on either of those offers? <laughs> yeah, I think you know I would. <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> if someone's offering me anything, I'm just like, sure, why not? <laughs> Doing some arts, arsenic and old lace. I was like, I love the movie. I probably love the experience. And that's how he died. <laughs> so Tracy is excited to pitch his, pitch his idea about the Jefferson movie to Don. And Don's like, awesome. A movie version of the Jeffersons. I'm all in. But he's not interested in that. He does not want to see Tracy in a movie about his lineage applied to Thomas, Her- Thomas Jefferson. where He's going to play all the characters. Um, I mean, I did learn that Thomas Jefferson had a list. I didn't fact check it. I was just like, obviously everything that happens in the show is undisputed fact. Caractacus is real. I don't know that either, but he was really into ancient <laughs> Greco-Roman history, so I assume so. But I do love that Tracy was eventually just like, so yeah, we're going to need $35 million to do this thing right. Caractacus is probably Thomas Jefferson's most well-known riding horse. Oh, good job. True nice. <laughs> So we're all looking up to see if Thomas Jefferson Jefferson had a list. He doesn't, but apparently I'm developing one. And one of the links is these presidents might have been gay or bisexual. Automatic favorite. I'm reading that later. Hate crime. That is a hate crime link. Why? Oh, because lisp? 
Yes. Why does that lead you to gay? Because they're lispy. I think it's just based on my search history, which is I often Google gay historical figures and read about their romances. It's cathartic for me. <laughs> so Liz comes back in. She's okay. still in the afterglow of donking, borking, slurping, whatever Frank says. Um, which is short-lived because she soon finds out from Kenneth that Mr. Donaghy would like to see her, and he's at Chrissy's auction house. Liz reveals a little insight into Jack. He goes to Sparrow when he's angry, the New York Stock Exchange when he's horny, and Chrissy's auction house when he's depressed. So he's in his feels right now. Well, please do not pass on Lutz coming in late and freaking out and her grabbing his giant face, squishing his cheeks and saying, you know, you got a face like a baby's bottom. Boop. <laughs> so the subtitles actually said poop, which makes it more disturbing. I, I know. I looked. The subtitle said poop and I watched it again. It might be poop, but because I booped the dogs on Instagram, I was going with a boop. <laughs> it's more innocent. The poop and makes Frank. me feel unsafe. Yes. Well, Frank is also feeling unsafe, like when his mom used to uh, make daiquiris and listen to Tanya Tucker. Well, Liz looking stressed makes Frank feel comfortable. He's like, ah, oh, everything's back the way it's supposed to be. There it is. There it is. I see you now. Thank you. So now we go over to Christie's, and Jack is standing with his back to the open door. <laughs> and it says, Lemon, you've been avoiding me. <laughs> and she's bewildered. She's like, how is it possible to do that? And Jack confesses that it wasn't her the first couple of times that he did it. They do this so <laughs> fucking well. Like, all of these typical TV tropes, they satirize so amazingly well. For these dramatic moments that make absolutely no sense in the real world, they're just like, I'm going to lampoon the shit out of this. This it's going to be hilarious. We saw and it, it with, was. And it, <laughs> and it was. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, kids. It was a fucking blast. So in comes Phoebe. Why is it so annoying that she's like, I don't know if you remember me. <laughs> it's a great catch line. But it's very annoying. Um, she sold his ex-wife's jewelry to an anonymous Arab and the ruby and diamond clustering <laughs> <Perfect>. were exquisite. <laughs> Her mannerisms are just That was a really like, good Phoebe face. <laughs> that was a great Phoebe face. Like <laughs> Join our Patreon to see it. <laughs> um. No, her fucking mannerisms are so... And they'll become more hilarious later as more about Phoebe is revealed. But just like the super highfalutin, very... like Yeah, exactly. Emma pursed your lips and I was just like, fuck yeah, how do I describe that in words? I don't know. But it's just like so put upon and so forced and so deliberate and so exhausting. And I, I love it. I'm here for it. And she it. looks hungry, so it makes sense that she has hollow bones. And <laughs> she's very, very thin. The whole time I was watching that, I was just like, Dainty. where's her bone marrow? Does she not have red blood cells? How is she alive? Questions featuring Nick Cotter. <laughs> it's my other podcast. I just do it alone in the dark. <laughs> Jack exudes more white privilege by saying he took the money <laughs> from the sale of those rings to buy a boat and sink it. And you are so great at just like ignoring what I'm saying and be like, anyway, back to business. There's nowhere to go from there. So the we can go to the bottom is... of the Peconic Bay to pick up the Bianca Blows, Julie. So true. <laughs> Did you notice that Phoebe completely ignores Liz in any way, shape, or form? Oh, 100%. Her. As soon as she just... says that, Phoebe just like sort of pivots and yeah. doesn't even give her a look of disdain. It's just like, no. you're so beneath me. I don't fucking care about you at all. Then we're left with the horse paintings, which is disturbing enough. And then Jack says he wishes he were a horse. Strong and free, my chestnut haunches glistening in the sun. Foreshadowing. Also, I've seen that. I've seen that gay erotica, and it was disturbing. 
So Jack is mad and she, Trace, uh, Liz says she's really sorry for letting him down. He's like, I'm not a creative type like you. I don't have work sneakers and left handedness. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, working girl? Like, what? who talks about work sneakers? Yeah, and Liz, who did drop the ball by dealing with the Floyd thing, and the Floyd thing was her pretending to be an alcoholic, crashing his meeting, hearing all his most deeply personal confessions, and then being like, my bad. But she overslept because they were watching Tootsie together. Yeah, and that that's true. You're right. I mean, she didn't do any prep, but she didn't even make it to the meeting. Always take prep, kids. <laughs> so she wants to introduce uh, Jack to Floyd. And he's like, great, I'd love to meet the man that makes Liz Lemon shirk her responsibilities. And he looks like a 12-year-old girl, which is my favorite. <laughs> so dinner at Purcell at 9 p.m. I'm sorry, wait a minute. What day of the week is it? It's not show day, so it's not Friday. It's not the day after the show. It's not Saturday. We're going to dinner at on Tuesday at 9, and they got to work in the morning? I don't think so. Well, she has her work sneakers. New so if her feet are tired. <laughs> True. It's the city. I don't know if you know this, but it's the city that never <laughs> sleeps. I know this bitch sleeps though. I'd be like, I gotta go back and work in the morning. And then he says, wear a tie, which I feel like is directed at her. <laughs> She's gonna come in like Diane Keaton, just like, oh All my right. God. <laughs> now, Purcell does not exist according to Google. It was a, like a Brazilian restaurant, you know, where they bring the meat to you and you either have like uh-huh. green or red for more meat shaved at you. <laughs> <laughs> just picturing myself there now going, just crying and sobbing. And being like, no, thank you. Meanwhile, I would just have my mouth agape, just like, give me, give me more, give me more, give me, give me more. I waited on a very nice family at a restaurant that served other things besides meat and meat, and they were telling me they'd been what to What kind Bona of restaurant serves meat? Wow. And I was like, how was it? They're like, we woke up in the middle of the night with meat sweats. It was terrible. I was like, what are meat sweats? You know? And they were like, you can just smell it coming out of your pores. I was like, that sounds awful. <laughs> so I never had meat sweats, but I used to get the gummy shakes all the time because I would have so many gummy bears, gummy <laughs> octopi, whatever form of animal these gummies were in, I'd eat them. And then I'd wake up just like, I'm not okay. I got the gummy, gummy shakes. <laughs> gummy, 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 gummy. I've never heard of the gummy shakes. <laughs> well, I invented them. <laughs> Um, Liz says to Jack, but it's also applicable to you and potentially me. Are you sure you're okay? <laughs> I meant applicable I, to me, obviously, and then maybe you. I have never said that I was okay in any way, shape, or form. So Liz and Floyd enter the restaurant, and Liz is worried that it'll be boring, but Floyd is super psyched because he's a fan of Jack and his book, Jack Attack, The Art of Aggression in Business. He is but honestly... They're not in attack. He's honestly prolific, because we'll see later in the series, this is not the first media excursion that he's he's endeavored upon. Um, and it's clearly not a niche book. Although, Floyd does know some very specific attributes of Jack and his business accomplishments. Is this the book she uses later to fight him against him? No, that was a... Um, it might have been. I, it was, he was definitely oh, at a seminar. it was a, a seminar. VHS series. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm guessing it was Jack Attack, right? Well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Two or three and years. And you will too. Some of you found out just now. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Floyd's just aghast because Jack got there first, which is like rule number one in what was in chapter two. I don't know. Maybe there was a preface and the rules start in chapter two. I'm not a mathematician. 
But they are not having aggression in business. They're going out to a social dinner. He doesn't have to get there first. In business, not everything's aggressive. All right? Business never stops. The city never sleeps. All right? Day trading, night trading. You trade. All right? I used to trade Beanie Babies. I was in that life. All right? Snorting pixie sticks. But you made it out. And I you made just it got out. into the gummy shakes. I, did, I substituted gummies for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Floyd introduced himself. He's enamored. He's so fucking smitten. And then Jack uh, is like, you're Floyd. The only other Floyd I knew was this Korean barber who used to cut my hair down in this 50th Street subway station, which was cute. And, and Floyd's fun. like, that's my dad. I'm Floyd Jr. Which is hilarious. And Jack has none of that. <laughs> no. Um, and then Floyd fully fangirls, and um, it's just a beautiful moment. Well, Jack tells them that microwave technologies or microwave programming has been taken away from him, and that is when Floyd loses his mind and is like, John's making a terrible mistake. The dedicated popcorn setting was the imaginary team breakthrough of 1995. 2002 increased the earnings by 3%. And on a personal note, Best of You by the Foo Fighters, <laughs> I believe, is about your managerial skills. <laughs> I love how Liz was just like not having any of this, was trying to insert himself and was like, yeah, and Attack of the Clones was seriously the worst of the Star Wars. <laughs> like, guys, shut the fuck up. What is happening? Make it stop. Liz, for the love of God. Liz, I want to kiss your boyfriend on the mouth. Chapter 12. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to do it. Um, well, one of my favorite lines, too, and he repeats that later, too, um, in the series when he's like, I wish I could kiss you on the mouth to stop you from saying such unspeakable things. <laughs> this. Episode is so good. The lines in this, it's so dense. It's so fucking funny. And then the next part is the story of my life. What are you drinking? Club soda. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Just let it happen. What we did skip over briefly was um, <laughs> Tracy talking to Kenneth about pitching his Jefferson movie to Don Geis, who was not into it and wanted Fat Bitch 2 instead. Um, and my favorite line of the thing, well, there's so many lines, but the one that tickled me the most, perhaps because this is the umpteenth time I watched it and I'm finding nuances and everything, but he was like, well, that doesn't even make sense. Everyone knows fat bitch died at the end. <laughs> slayed me, killed me. Like Buffy, come in here, stake me through the heart. I'm slayed. A hundred percent amazing. And While that, he's crocheting his grandmother a <laughs> string bikini. <laughs> Nana gets wild. Go, go Nana. Go Nana, go. Any it'll do it all. <laughs> So then, now we're inappropriately going to go into Liz's office where she finds Tracy inside with a horse and he needs her to leave so that he can get rid of his erection. How? How will you be getting rid of his erection? It just reminded me of those marine biologists or that one rogue marine biologist who like gave dolphins LSD for whatever reason. Science is really just an excuse to do weird shit to animals and then proceeded to like pleasure the dolphin. It probably majored those vibes, and I was not into it. No, and I was cat-sitting for friends of mine. Was that just, no, we're not talking about that anymore? No, Here's no, a different we're getting story. there. <laughs> and he was like, if this one goes into heat, I tend to use the back of my pencil and just, you know, diddle her till she no, gets there. No, like, no, uh, no, 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 no. I will no. not be doing that <laughs> at all. Oh, no, my God. He gave her relief because she was in heat. So when Liz is like, no, Tracy, I told you not to do this fucking movie. Why is there an erect horse in my office he's like well jack said i could this movie's my destiny it's the reason why god put me on this earth to which liz says i will take you off this earth amazing <laughs> hands up and praise that's a beautiful line i believe they're both actually saying earth are they yeah he's like it's the reason god put me on this earth and she's like well i'll take you off this earth <laughs> <laughs> 
It wasn't in the Funny. subtitles, but I heard it. I heard it with my own ears. I trust you, Bay. I trust you. in my office. Uh, Lemon, you've met... Uh... Hello. You probably don't remember me. I'm Phoebe. We met the other day. Yeah, yeah, I remember you. I'm Liz. Oh, sorry. I don't shake hands. I have avian bone syndrome. Oh, oh. boy, okay. Hollow bones. Now Phoebe's in Jack's office muttering about just positions or whatever the fuck she's talking about. Oh, my God. It's like literally she pulled out a thesaurus, picked all these different words... And then tried to make some semblance of sense. I mean, it did, but it's just like, oh my God, could you be more pretentious? <laughs> and Liz comes in and before noticing her, says, Tracy's put a horse in my office. And then Phoebe says, oh, hi. You probably don't remember me. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm Phoebe. We met the other day. She's like, yes, of course. Duh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Then, I don't shake hands. I have avian bone syndrome. Hollow bones. Which like... Ahead of her time, no one shakes anything anymore. Hands. I guess that's the only thing. <laughs> I don't know where it's going. <laughs> shaking my hiney. Yeah. Now, shake brittle it, bone disease it. is real, but that is not what she has. Avian bone syndrome is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, but there thank is you for- OI, which is a real disease, brittle bone syndrome. I have worked with a couple kids who have it. Brutal. It's intense. It's not this intense. You can still hug them. So Jack has the horse paintings, and Tracy's been given permission to make the trailer. Jack's wondering if Floyd mentioned, he's like, did you talk to Floyd? Did he tell you we talked earlier? <laughs> it's so high school. Did he mention it? He will. He's like, I love the Floyd surge. She's like, don't give him a nickname before I do. That is very upsetting. Then Jack brushes slightly against Phoebe, and he's like, sorry, I didn't, did I hurt you? She's like, what? A little, Just a little bit. It's okay. Yes, the white horse. It's, it's stunning. Um, yeah. How is she so hateable and lovable in the same minute? Because I love her. I mean, that's I the reason that her. you watch The View. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> to, I'm uh, so angry at The View, I can't even tell. Then you don't have to. So Frank and Tracy... Oh, I will. <laughs> I know you will. So Frank and Tracy are talking because um, there's a problem, and Tracy's going full Daniel Day-Lewis method acting. and <laughs> says, pray, who be this Tracy Jordan thou speakest of? So... I mean, it's more pretentious than you can shake a fucking spear at. And um, Frank, like, concedes and is like, I'll address you as uh, President Jefferson. Where am I going with this? Am I just going to read all the quotes? It's tough to say. How are you asking us what you're doing? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so it's sort of like a throwaway little segment. (laughs) Much like this. It's a real throwaway segment. Yeah. He's speaking in old English and then Trace they the horse ate his wig and then they're like, Oh, we can just go get another one. Cut that scene. They probably had to I don't know, meet a minimum. Well, now we're in Floyd we're in Floyd's office and Jack has given Floyd one of the Christie's paintings of the horse. <laughs> and then goes full Republican. And was like, is the lion eating the horse or perhaps it's eating universal health care? Which just, <laughs> just in this current climate is just like, I'm going to cry. I'm going I'm 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 to start crying. <laughs> and then there, he's giving it to him to celebrate his promotion, which Liz doesn't even know about, but Jack does. And then he's like, she's like, oh, I'm free for lunch. I'll take you out. And he's like, oh, I'm already going with Jack. 
what would you do? What would you do? <laughs> so let's put this in real life terms. You are in a relationship with someone. Oh, real life's over. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, you two obviously need each other more than I need either of you, so I'm out. I mean, yeah, you should never use sex as a litmus test for, are they into me? You should do it because you want to do it and they're into it too. Or you don't want to do it at all. Some people just don't enjoy sex. Who's talking about sex? I'm just saying in a relationship. (laughs) When you're younger, you meet someone and you think, does he like me? I can't tell. I'm not sure. He seems shy. Maybe he can't express himself. When you get older, you're just like, people just show you who they are. If if just, you know, just like he's not that into you. If, If a guy likes you, he will make it known. That sounds like a flash. not question it. He's going to remove his trench coat and you're going to see his caractacus. Um, and then she's like, well, it's kind of like you guys are dating. Ja- and then Jack whispers to Floyd, I think Coulter was right about this. So he's talking about Ian Coulter. No one should ever talk about that witch. So now we're in Liz's apartment for the aforementioned nine or ten times scene where she's killing the sexy game with some ice cream pajamas. All right, so it's midnight, right? We know yeah. that because we're about to get mad. That Your Jack's obsession with timelines is lovely. It's Tuesday Floyd's- and they're going to dinner. Tuesday. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> At nine o'clock in the city, they're never going to get home till like midnight or one. And then it'll take an hour to wind down. Why bother? <laughs> so it's midnight. Floyd is fully dressed in his daytime clothes. Laying on top of her sheets. Well, you're never She's fully in dressed her without a smile. What? Why isn't he getting ready for bed? It's a great question. Because thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Emma. Thank you. <laughs> I just want a little reality. <laughs> the reality that she's in her ice cream pajamas with a dirty tissue in her pocket, turning on the humidifier, and has her Vicks Vapo rub. That is like seven years into a relationship right before you break up. That what? is not. <laughs> Month one. That's what Liz always wants. She says or later when in the you're se- married. <laughs> That's what Liz says. Well, you can tell me. I've been in a seven year relationship, but I've never married. The phone rings. The phone texts, and it's text Jack texting Floyd to see if he wants to go to that diner and get a veggie burger and a milkshake. So the phone texted. I just vouched for you by saying you're not old. And now you're like the phone made a beep. You turned into Tracy. Thou hast a alert upon thy mobile. I said the phone rang, and then I met and made a text alert on their tiny little flip phones. They received an SMS. <laughs> SMS, please, someone, someone help, help me. me. It's not anything. <laughs> to say the things that you do. <laughs> no, I was right on that one. <laughs> So Liz completely reasonably responds, no, it's midnight. Of course not. Want to bed. Um, and then they keep talking. And it's, just, again, it's so high. It's so middle school, which is just like, good night and sleep tight and don't let the bed. And Liz is fucking over it. It's like, what the hell are you doing with this, with my boss, first of all? And then she says like a very perfunctory message to which um, Jack immediately knows it's not Floyd because he always signs his text, Floydster. Jack is just lonely. He needs some love and attention and adoration, and Floyd will give him all of that. Yeah, Floyd's so excited to have a mentor. <laughs> you know how men are. <laughs> With their mentors, yeah. Um, <laughs> Floyd's turning into a mentor after this. Anyway, Jack shows up at their apartment. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> Again, we go full scary movie trope in such a comical way when he's on this just like very low res security camera that Liz can see him, the dangers forthcoming. And then they start calling, they turn the lights off, and it's just. Um, Floyd's like, turn off the lights, get down. <laughs> so Floyd is seeing Jack's crazy behavior and he's yeah. still just like, it's all good. And then she says, the call is coming from inside the house, which doesn't make any sense. I know it's from when a stranger calls, but Jack is obviously standing right outside her door. Also, how could he tell that she turned the lights off? She's in an apartment building. How do apartments work? just trying not to get killed. (laughs) (laughs) So, the repercussions of Liz's actions rear their ugly head the next day when Jonathan... First of all, love that Jonathan has a scene. It's so great when he's there. He is not... He's just underutilized. He needed his own show. He is amazing. Um, so he's at Christie's again. We're assuming it's because he's depressed because Liz is blowing him off, but it's probably because he wants to gently bang Phoebe uh, before she takes flight for the winter. And um, Jonathan gives her tickets for the Knicks games tonight for her and mostly Floyd, really. Um, and I just love that he chastises her and is like, he tried to drop them off at your house, but someone pretended you weren't home. Again, it's just like the mean girl click dynamic that exists in high school movies. My high school wasn't like that. Um, it might've been, I didn't have any friends, so I didn't really interact with them. And then he says, just to drive the knife in a little deeper, he seems quite taken with Floyd and you. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just like, and that whole dynamic is so fun with Jonathan being just like absolutely enraptured with Jack. Um, both as like a professional developer, but more just like a piece of daddy bear meat. So they're off to the next game and they turn out they're in a private box. These are tens of thousands of dollars to get in there. I'm worried about time. I'm worried about money. Okay. And guess what? <laughs> Jack is there. Um, again, he arrived first. Floyd must be shitting his pants or maybe he's realized that Jack is just fucking crazy. Uh, it doesn't seem like he has, um, but we actually do like, it's in a private box, and we do a quick cut again to the Tracy story that they keep trying to make happen, which is, um, again, the Jefferson-Norbit mashup that no one asked for. And he's filming a trailer to show John Guys that this is worth it. This is worth it. <laughs> I, do love, I do love the point where the announcer says, he was a writer. In a world. Inventor. And then he's like, I shall call Jungle it Susan for the fucking lazy Susan. <laughs> Such a. <laughs> Sorry. It was so, like, it just be playing it in my mind. It's just so funny. So call it Susan. <laughs> it wasn't even that funny of a line, but like just the way it was presented. Wonderful. <laughs> and then he's Sally Emmons. I am with child. What? Which is all of us collectively. <laughs> And then they talk about Tracy Jordan. They're just like, Source Award nominee, Tracy Jordan. NCAA, and I'm sorry, NAACP Image Award presenter, Tracy Jordan. And Academy Award watcher, Tracy Jordan, is Jefferson. <laughs> and then they don't cut out the part where it's like, get me off this fucking off horse. Yeah. I love how you're mouthing like it along. terrible. The answer is no. Let's talk about Fat Bitch 2. It's a weak beat. It's a weak B story. I'm sorry. It's weak. Weak. I mean, at least. But I- so Jenna's not here again. Stop it. <laughs> Do you think it's calm down? Do you think it's because Rachel Dratch was supposed to be Jenna? Rachel Dratch is not appearing either, and they're having sort of like uh, complications about what to do with the Jenna character. 
totes. All right. Yes. I, I thought that would Agreed. inspired more. <laughs> I, or she needs to like get to know her better to figure out what to do with her. You know, yeah. since was, she was kind of thrust upon her. She's not trash. She just gets on my nerves. I can't help it. Jenna is supposed to get on your nerves. So she's Correct. obviously doing a really good job. Exactly. Elaine on Allie McBeal, supposed to get on your nerves. She did. Whatever the name of the part she played in Kimmy Schmidt, also super annoying. She's great at what she does, which is be annoying. <laughs> oh. So we go back to the Knicks box. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who tells the same stories. I know I'm becoming one of those people. <laughs> But when someone tells the same story, like you've seen them for some reason three times in one week and they're telling that story again and you want to tell it on top of them, which Liz does, I thought it was brilliant. I don't know. <laughs> Those things just maybe if you want to like take that story behind the middle school and get it pregnant, you know, just keep repeating it. I'm in for it. Whatever. <laughs> Live your life. It's fine. So Liz is repeating word for word the story that Jack told ad nauseum, which is what most people do when I talk because I tell the same three stories over and over. And for that, I won't apologize. I'm, so I'm not going to apologize for that. Um, but then Liz pulls Jack aside and is like, you know, what are you doing? Don't you feel like the third wheel? To <laughs> which Jack, full middle school, is like, no, Lemon, you're the third wheel. Um, and then Jack goes into this whole diatribe about men seek the, out the company of other men they admire and want to be like, which sounds like ancient Greece. So I don't know what sort of pederast situation they're getting into, but I would like to see it. Monique.gif. And then Jack says, I'm Don Geis, 30 years ago. 20 years from now, Floyd will be me, and I'm going to be Don Geis. And Don Geis will be dead. <laughs> so it makes a lot of sense. To which Liz is just yeah, like, who the fuck think, who thinks like, who, what? Yeah, nobody. We learn later that Jack views everyone through the lens of monetary value. And Kenneth is worth $7. <laughs> I like it better when it's HD and Kenneth goes by as a puppet. That's super cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, no, Liz goes by as a puppet, and then we realize she's actually walking like that. <laughs> um, and then Jack proposes a scenario, which is wild, that they have a timeshare arrangement with Floyd where she can have him Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Why am I even having this conversation with you? No. I, you mind. I do love when she was like, well, I don't want Friday. We have a show. No, no, what, what, what? <laughs> Um, and then Liz does the thing that she does best, unfortunately, which is she goes in for the kill without even intending it. And she's just like, look at your life, Jack. It's like the skybox. It's fancy and it's empty and it smells like crab cakes. Get your own Floyd because this one is taken. Which just has to cut through Jack like a fucking knife. At this point, he's lost microwaves. He's lost the respect of his esteemed Don guys. Now he's losing the Floydster and his mentee is just like, you're empty. So what else is empty? Phoebe's bones. And he's about to bone her. <laughs> the wordplay was good. You can't deny and that. And grossed out poor Emma. Um, we go back to Tracy in his movie where he was offered $7 million to reprise his role as... I'm going to get an iPhone. <laughs> I'm going to get an iPhone. Everyone's going to be jealous. Um, as fat bitch. And then Tracy's just like... No, I'm I'm a real artist in here. And then Chris is like, it's like a roller coaster ride of emotion in here. <laughs> um, and then Tracy's gonna take a page out of Thomas Jefferson's book, who made his own country, and he's gonna make his own movie. Um, to which Kenneth <laughs> is super in, I guess. And then we find out that poor Caractacus is now dead in Tracy's car. <laughs> yeah. Who's gonna get that dead horse out of my car? <laughs> 
which was like, I mean, honestly, for a B plot, this is not the worst at all. And it has a lot of funny oh, no. moments. Um, and now we're back to the A plot, which is amazing. Jack is telling Phoebe, she's wondering why he's so down. And he says, people don't like fireworks. Were you aware of that? That and they took away the microwave vision. I'm having terrible lemon problems. I'm eating all the time. Who needs 16 flouches after midnight? Which, like, at this point, I'm thinking, okay, he's senile. He's going through dementia. Um, he's clearly not equipped to work. He is scurvy because of the fucking lemon problems. And he has a shopping addiction, to which Phoebe's just like, cha-ching, I'm in. She sees a sad, lonely, rich man and goes in for the kill. What she actually says... discussing a it, special piece. Yeah, what she actually <laughs> says is much more involved and exhausting than that. And she says, I'll need to take you back to the private office to show you a piece. This piece is very delicate. Very few people have handled it. Which is just like, oh my God, just like... Just like say, should we boink? Like, I wish Frank was here narrating this and just being like, they don't. Sort of like Ron Howard in Arrested Development. Narrator, they had sex. He's like, God, I hope we're talking about sex. And they are. Um, I'm sure it's magical as she can't be touched or moved or breathed on. But it also escalates alarmingly quickly. Perhaps influenced, entirely influenced by what Don Geis said. Um, Because it's revealed in a conversation with Jack and Liz at the very end of the the episode that, you know, she's not going to apologize about the Floyd but Jack sort of says, yeah, you know, I, I do need to make some adjustments in my life. Um, and then he proposes to Phoebe. That must have been some great sex. I think he's just down and he's not used <laughs> to being down. He's just not used to being kicked down like this. But then it is a sweet moment where Jack asks for Liz's approval of the whole situation. Uh, That's not sweet, though. He's doing it as a trap. Okay, we view things differently. <laughs> That's clear. <laughs> he then says, I knew it. Phoebe's right. You are totally infatuated with me. Not in this episode, though. This is before she gets her hooks in him. Oh, sorry. Pull it together. <laughs> so, Jack proposes with the ruby diamond cluster. I, I, I bought it back from the United Spirit, which gave me super... Oops, I did it again, energy, where the astronaut gets the the heart of the ocean from the bottom of the sea, because this was around at the time that Titanic came out. Do you not remember? Brittany's there, yeah. and he proposes to her, he gives her, he bequeaths upon her the heart of the ocean. She's just like, I thought the old lady dropped it in the, in the ocean at the end. He's like, I got <laughs> it back for you. And then it's like, oops, I did it again. I'm thinking this the entire rest of the scene, and let me tell you, it's a fun-ass ride. <laughs> And then he places, very gently, the ring on her finger, to which she's very performatively, oh, oh, oh. I can only imagine that that also mimics what she did in the private office. <laughs> to end a beautiful episode, so well-written, so fucking tight. There were so many scene changes. Like, if you go through the script, as Julie and I are, it's just like scene after scene after scene after scene after cut. What do you mean? I memorized the whole thing. What are you talking about? Okay, well, just me then. Good for you. Um... <laughs> After she says, ow, ow, Liz says, ow, we cut, which is just like poetry in motion. Who is this written by? Do you have that written down? I do not. So this is written by Tina Fey. Well, I think it, she's credited as a writer in all of them. 
and then John Riggy. Get Riggy with it. Dun 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 dun. Get Riggy with it. Get Riggy with it. He's written on Larry Sanders on the comeback on the Bernie Mac show. Very funny one. Uh, and he also wrote, let's just look at what he's gone through. So he did Blind Date and The Head and the Hair and The Corporate Crush. Uh, My gosh, good one. All excellent ones. Um, and then coming up, he did Cougars, Succession, Gavin Velour, which is an amazing one. The Natural Order. He's, he's a king. Good for him. <laughs> well, I think this episode is hilarious. I love Emily Mortimer. I think she is great. The B story is not the best, but the A story is awesome. The- Lots of funny Jack moments. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Julie and Emma, let's head to the chat. <laughs> what are we rating this one? One, two, three. Oh, everyone's just already sent it. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a 94. I gave it a 97. Which is so funny. I feel like you're the least optimistic of the three of us. You get the highest scores. <laughs> First of all, brutal. <laughs> Second of all, I'm turning a corner as far as optimism where I've chosen to believe that it exists and I can have it. I thought this was super... Just the quotes throughout this are so dense, so exceptional, so repeatable. The storyline, yeah, the um, Thomas Jefferson perhaps isn't the strongest, but it's still tight. The way this episode was constructed, the way it was filmed, the way it was written... I think it's a win all across the board. We bring in Emily Mortimer as Phoebe, which is fun. We're getting towards the tail end of the season. I feel like we're accelerating a really nice pace. We're getting a lot of plot lines going. We're tying some other loose ends up. I'm excited to see where it's going. We've got two episodes left. Is this your end of the year book report? What's happening right now? (laughs) You know, it's got a new microphone plug, new lease on life. You may have thought that my computer froze, but that was just me staring deep into your soul, wondering... How you could say such things. <laughs> Truly. Brutal. 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 <laughs> no, it was a fucking fun time. Is that what you wanted to hear? I enjoyed it. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So upcoming, the next episode is... I was hoping you'd fill in the blank for me. Let me look it up real quick. <laughs> oh. It's another Hollow Birdbone episode. I, that's all what? I know. I remember that we will see... Our dear Emily Mortimer come back next time for Cleveland. Oh, we're going to We're Cleveland. going to Cleveland. This one's fun too. Where we suddenly break into a musical theater show for no apparent reason. <laughs> I do vividly remember that Liz Lemon gets spit in the mouth by someone on the street and thinking, <laughs> even pre-COVID, that was the worst thing I could imagine happening to you. Yeah. Like that's not like a murder or rape, but just Having someone spit into your mouth would just be awful. Join us next week when I spit in Julie's mouth as we recap Cleveland. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and... Frank! <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank! <laughs> we love you, Frank.